Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi. Thank you, everyone. Wow, thank you for that. That's really great. Thank you. Please, please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to give a huge shout-out and thanks to my last guest, Tracy Crossley. I got a ton of positive feedback from a lot of people who were both single and, of course, some who were in casual relationships that thought that what Tracy had to say was super meaningful to them. So thanks again to Tracy for being such a fantastic guest. So welcome to episode, holy crap, 80, 80. Wow. We have, wow, yeah. We have a first on the Derek Duvall Show in the form of professional cosplayer and model, Miss Danica Rockwood is on the show. It was suggested to me weeks ago that I needed to have a professional cosplayer on the show. I put it out around the parish via Twitter and Reddit, and the same name came up every time. So I'm glad Danica and I could, were able to connect, and she gets to tell a very interesting story about the business side of cosplaying and the joys of modeling. So let's just go ahead and get her on out here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from the Sunshine State Florida professional cosplayer and model, Miss Danica Rockwood. Danica, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How was the weather out by you today? It's storming a lot. So if this happens to disconnect, it's because there's a raging thunderstorm outside. So I start my interviews off with the same question. How has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic? I kind of enjoyed certain specific sides of it where I was because I'm an introvert so I was really enjoying the time at home and I was really enjoying having the time to like be at home and kind of get rid of a lot of clutter and put off a lot of at you know home tasks that I've been just procrastinating so it helped me tackle that head on but the whole like other side of the pandemic has been traumatic every other direction so like I wouldn't say it's been a very fun time <laughs> So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like growing up there? I was born in Jupiter, Florida, like the planet, also in the West Palm area. It's a tourist beach town. So there's a lot of aggressive, uh, aggressively elderly people trying to retire without the sight of children. And <laughs> so it was constantly being told to get that 
fuck out of their way because they're trying to go die here and you they don't want to see a kid. <laughs> so I'm glad I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, we mentioned earlier, uh, where'd you go to college and what was your major? I went to college, several colleges. So I transferred from uh, Palm Beach State to Santa Fe in Gainesville, Florida. And I first originally majored in zoology and then got got kind of weeded out in those courses where you just like have to be really good at math. And then I changed my major into photography, which I actually had a lot of um, knowledge about uh, multimedia and other types of like video editing. And I also was artistic from the get-go. So the, it was a very easy major for me. I utilize parts of that in my everyday life and what I do now. Do you have any favorite memories from when you were time in college? The only thing that I can think of is when I was taking 2D art and some kid like crushed his thumb in the silk screen, silk screen pressure uh, roller. Um, and like, it, it was horrific. It's uh, the only thing I can think of right now for some reason. That sucks. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> oh man. Is he okay now though? I don't know. I don't know him. <laughs> Oh, man. So what inspired you to get involved in creating costumes? My now fiance, 12 years ago, uh, got me into cosplay. I had never heard about it. I didn't know anything about the Comic-Con industry. He dresses up as the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who at the time. That was back when it was like super popular. And he had asked me to attend a convention with him. And he had told me that, hey, you know, like people dress up. Do you want to dress up? And I failed a sewing class, so I thought that maybe I could just try. I also did a lot of theater in high school, but I'm not like one of those theater kids that are like super irritating to be around that are like super like into musical theater on an insufferable level. Anyway, so I like I had knowledge of how to make some stuff uh, for set design and other types of like sewing techniques. So I made a really, really bad version of Morgan from Dragon Age Origins, and I got a photo taken by some random guy who knew the character and posted it on Reddit. And then Bioware, which is the company who made Dragon Age Origins, they had a couple of devs that went on Reddit and were asking about me and asking like, who, it, who am I in this photo? And they, they've reached out after like doing like a witch hunt for who I was. And they began posting my cosplay photos online on their social medias and crediting me, but I didn't have a cosplay page. I only had my personal pages, like my Facebook. So they credited my Facebook and then they begged for me to like make a page to like be a public figure. And I didn't do that. But what ended up happening was I did burlesque for a while and I had a page for burlesque. They thought that was a cosplay page. They credited it out of nowhere. And then overnight I had like, I went from like, 500 likes to like 9,000. Then people just kept telling me what to do. And I listened. <laughs> they were like telling me what to do by like, you should sell prints. You should come here to this con. You should work with this dev. You should cosplay this next. You should, you know, make a Patreon. You should. And I was like, okay, fine. And I did all of those things. And mm -hmm. now I'm here. <laughs> so are all your costumes, are they, are they custom made? Are they store bought or what? I do a, a mix of both. I used to be like a purist and make everything. And then now I'm am totally about having healthy boundaries with a work-life balance. So mm. there's times where I'll just store buy stuff. There's times where I'll make stuff. But 
I'm not the type of cosplay person who enters cosplay contests and competes against other people with their designs. So if I was that way, then I would make 100% of my stuff from scratch. And I, and I have done that, but I understand work-life balance now. So. So are you a paid cosplayer? I hear this, this phrase being tossed around. Are you, are you paid to go to conventions? It really strongly depends. Lately with the pandemic, I've not been going to any conventions that I'm not paid to go to mm -hmm. uh, just because I'm not going to put myself at risk at a longer extent than um, I should for, for free, I guess. I got bills to pay. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go if you pay me enough and I'll wear a mask, but and I won't hug anybody. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it depends on who has hired me to either be a guest or who has hired me to work their convention to help market a game. Mm -hmm. So what does a convention actually look like for you when you're in costume? Is it, uh, do you have like several costumes you bring with you or do you, uh, do you have like a photo booth? People take pictures with you. It really, really depends on the booking. If I am there as a cosplay guest, I, I have to bring multiple costumes for that week. And sometimes mostly like some conventions are like four days long. And I think that's too long. Nobody, I, I don't enjoy the four. They don't need to be four days long. Um, so I'll bring four costumes and I will get up in, early in the morning and get ready. And uh, we will <laughs> get up really, really early in the morning and take like maybe it depends on what the costume is. It could be like two hours to get ready and make up um, and then make sure you get like some food before you like head down to your booth. If you're a guest, um, you do meet and greets, you do photo ops, you sign prints, you do panels um you judge cosplay contests depends on like if it's a runway contest which means you there's no prejudging you just the costume is seen like being worn and walked up and down a catwalk and that's the only extent and then there's prejudging cosplay contests if that is a thing where it means like i'd have to leave my booth for an extra couple hours and go through every contestant and interview them about like how they made their costume what they did to make it how long did they make it and they have to explain to me in five minutes like i have to memorize everybody so there's a lot of that. Or the last con I did was PAX East, which is Penny Arcade Expo. Long story about that name, but it is a gaming convention. And I was only wearing the costume that they paid me to make for them, which is a character named Gray Irma from the video game called Moon Scars. Comes out in September. And so they hired me to be there at their booth every morning throughout the day. And just wearing that same outfit each day for four days, um, showing up to their booth. And they had a photo booth area where I stood at and people who like know me would come up and come say hi and then like take photos with me. And then people who like didn't know me would still be like, oh, my God, that's a cool outfit. And it helped market their game. But I told someone you were coming on the show, they checked out some of your work and they were very impressed. But she wanted to ask one question. and I promised her to ask it for her. Being a female, do any of your costumes have pockets? Yeah. I yeah. do. Oh, okay. of course. I don't usually like go out of my way to make pockets, but I've also made costumes to wear like some of the accessories that could hold like a holster belt or something. I'll use one of those for, as a pocket props, like for my phone or something like that. One question that seemed to be pretty unanimous when I told people to come on the show is people want to know what is your all time favorite costume you've ever worn? I don't, I hate that question because it's oh. always, because it's, Everyone asks it and it they and I got no answer because it's like telling it's like asking somebody like you gave birth to so many kids, which one's your favorite? Kind of weird because like usually the ones that I just make 
I just finished making are like my favorites. And then and then as soon as I make a different one, I'm like, no, that one's my favorite. That one's my favorite. But the real like PR answer for you is probably the one that I busted my ass on the hardest. It should be the one that should be my favorite, but I don't really consider it. Um, but I made Liara to Sony from Mass Effect 2 and specifically in her white lab coat outfit. And it was an insane build because I had to make a prosthetic that people get paid big money to make in Hollywood. And I had to teach myself based off of what I learned off of YouTube. And I had to make a big alien head put on my head, which was eight and a half hours of makeup to do on myself and what I was doing. And I also had to sculpt it all from scratch. And I had to learn a bunch of techniques. Um, and it was like the second costume I ever made. Wow. And I, to this day, it was like the hardest costume I've ever made. And I poured my heart and soul into that costume. I like fixated on it in like a dark time in my life and like knocked it out. So like that was a very big passion project of mine. So like I should say that's my favorite, but it's not my favorite because I've only worn it once. I don't want to like wear it again because it's <laughs> awful to wear. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you just put it all? I mean, this is random. Do you just put it all in storage and then out of storage? Oh, yeah, I'm storaging it and it's a mess. Right. It's, I got to go through it and fix it. <laughs> okay, Devon Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break. But we'll be right back with the conclusion of this amazing interview. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink? Take some super nice, long, deep breaths. You know, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Pay attention to two friends of the show, and we will be right back. Hello there, Gigawater gang. I'm Kina, the host of the boozy and delightfully foul mouth comedy podcast, Historical AF. I'm a nerdy public historian that is joined by a special guest each week to deliver funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Past topics have included the magical manhood of Russia's mad monk Rasputin, my hot take that aliens did not build the pyramids, serial killers that both my parents happened to meet as children. Listen, I know what you're thinking, Kina, how do you even exist right now? Also, who was it? All right, I'll tell you. Spoiler alert, it was Sean Wayne Gacy and Mark Allen Smith. Anywho, we can't forget the spooky. I've covered topics ranging from the ghosts of Anne Boleyn to the night marchers in Hawaii. Don't look at them, guys. If you do, you have to strip naked and you have to lay on the dirt. Dim's the rules. You can listen and subscribe to Historical AF wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. And finally, you can check out the website for links to listen, sources, because citing is sexy, photos, and more at historicalafpodcast.com. Okay, bye! Look at all the people! Billy, what's the matter? I, I... Billy! My friend passed out! Help me get him up! Never lift the head of a person who's fainted. Airtight! Keep him flat and raise his legs. Now loosen his clothes and use a wet cloth. What happened? You passed out. Remember, if someone faints... Never lift their head. You got it. Now we know. And knowing's half the battle. G.I. Joe! Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own. With your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! 
budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monchard on Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 80 of the Derek Duvall Show. I don't know about you, but after this episode, check out some of Danica's work. She puts my Dr. Horrible costume to shame. All right, let's get right back into the show with the conclusion of our interview with professional cosplayer and model, Miss Danica Rockwood. All right, so... Next question is, and this is getting into the next phase, is how did you get into modeling? Uh, when I was a child, my mom had me in pageants. It's like one of those kids for a little while. I've always been in like moments where people have just photographed me for no reason. So it just kind of isn't pretty intuitive to me to be like in front of a camera. And I also work a lot uh, behind the camera. So then by being behind the camera, I know what I want expressed in front of the camera because I've directed a lot of stuff for like pictures for clients when I was doing photography professionally for like engagements and weddings and all that. And it's just been kind of intuitive. And also to an extent, if you promote yourself as a, just a cosplayer, uh, there'll be other companies who'll be like, oh, we wanted to work with you, but you just only do cosplay. So like, it's kind of nice to show your strengths and weaknesses because I've been hired to just model random shirts or like, you know, just do other types of photos that aren't necessarily just cosplay related. Like I work a lot with Gunner Optics and they make glasses for blue light uh, filtration, for UV blue light. Um, their glasses are awesome and they help enlarge your vision so that you don't have to strain as much when you're on your computer. And so like I've modeled for them and then they probably would have never contacted me if they were like, oh, she just cosplays. Like that's all she does. So it also like shows that you have multiple hats on. So being a model, how do you stay in shape? The gym and in dieting on a healthy level. I, I go to the gym four times a week and I, I, I drink a lot of water. I have some right here. I get a, just a lot of water, an incredible amount of water. <laughs> 
Do you, are you into weights? Is it yoga? Mm -hmm. So I also, I'm an ex-gymnast of eight years. So I have hypermobility. So I shouldn't be doing yoga that much because it's not good for my joints because I don't have any resistance. So I've been advised not to do yoga, but I, I do weights. I have high intensity interval training once a week. And then I do cardio three times a week supplemented with weights as well. All right. So who takes your photos? Do you have a photographer you love collaborating with? I have a business partner. We have a Patreon together. His name's David Love. He's been doing graphic design. He says he's been doing graphic design for 16 years, but he said that six years ago. So <laughs> I don't know. So he's been doing graphic design for a very, very long time. And he's lately, he's just tapped into teaching himself Unreal Engine. So he's been really looking into how, how to build really awesome environments in the backgrounds of photos because before he was just taking stock and building his own world in the background. And I, I'm pretty biased because he's my business partner, but I'm very picky and detail oriented. And I think that he is one of the best cosplay photographers that is creating worlds from scratch in the background of cosplayers pictures. Cause I've seen a lot that are like real sloppy. And so he really nails it. We've been working together for seven years and we've had our patreon together for about five and uh he's an incredible guy he's really really talented he's like a savant with a camera and i've learned a lot about camera work from him um what is the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you a lot of people are in the social media realm are mostly like paying attention to themselves more than anybody else that's what i've learned which is kind of like a it's more of like a social politic thing. It's not to get caught up in social politics and to just like be an artist and create and not get wrapped up in all of that. <laughs> so how much work is it to stay relevant in social media? Now I've had other, what you would call influencers. I learned that word actually last year. I know that's not uh, old, I love that word. I Seriously, I only learned it last week. But I've had other uh, people who are influencers on the show and they say that social media for them is a full-time gig. How important oh. is it to stay relevant in social media? I mean, it. I hate that it is a very, it is very important. But I'm also a big fan of if you are a social media uh, public figure, I think that you should ask yourself why you want to be one and what you have to offer and why you want to be there in the first place. Because what I have noticed is a lot of people copying each other all the time on a regular basis. And what will happen is, is you'll begin to just blend into the masses. And what I notice with my content is like, I don't just cosplay and like model. I also like have my own specific type of humor and personality. And I like to make people enjoy their time when they are consuming my content. Um, and I don't take myself too, too, too seriously. And what I've noticed is if you leave a lasting impression and you cultivate a very good, loyal community of people who are actually invested in what you're doing, um, when you have to do situations that are currently going on, like TikTok is king right now. Instagram's tanking. Nobody from Instagram wants to go to TikTok. They all want to stay on Instagram, but Instagram is pushing reels right now. They're not pushing photos like they used to. But the people who are on Instagram are angry and they want to see photos, but it's like the algorithm won't let you see it. You got to go to TikTok. You got to go somewhere else. They don't want to leave. But what I've noticed is when I've posted on TikTok, 
people will who like didn't know that I was on TikTok will come in and be like, oh my God, I just found you. How did I know you were just there? And it was because they remembered some stupid joke I told two years ago. And they're like, oh, cool. And instead of being like constantly reinventing yourself, like I would, I would try to understand why people aren't like just instead of just copying each other and regurgitating it back and forth, you'll just like fade away. If that makes any sense. No, it does. So with being a model and having a very loyal following, it seems, how do you practice self-care? How do you put up boundaries and how do you deal with trolls and what's the word? Haters, I think is the word. I don't have a lot of haters. Uh, (laughs) I would like to hope not. For some reason, I find it hilarious when someone's angry at me on social media. Like, I don't know, it just cracks me up. It's like my first reaction is to like cackle about it. I don't know why. It just fascinates me. Most of the time it's bad grammar or it's someone who doesn't know anything about me and they're not talking. They're not talking about me because what they're saying isn't relevant to who I am as a human being. As far as boundaries go, most of them are, I don't really check my DMs that often because they're not important. And I... I'm pretty active on my comment sections if somebody is leaving an open-ended question. But if they're just writing a statement, like, I can't respond to that. But if they are asking questions, like, I'm pretty responsive out in the public. But when it comes to private messaging, I, I will not. So I have a Discord server, and my one of my boundaries is, like, if people message me privately in my Discord server, I'm not responding to you. But if you comment to me in my public Discord server, I'll talk to you all day. I will write to you as much as I possibly can. So like there's boundaries where it's like nobody's getting special personal treatment, but you're getting public personal treatment. Like that's my boundary. And I also like where I get off not checking my DMs is because I'm live on Twitch three times a week. You can get instant gratification if you just come into my chat room and ask me a question right then and there. That's my boundary. You can come in when I'm live. We can talk all day. Okay, so you've mentioned Twitch a couple mm-hmm. of times now. This was actually a question later on, but I'm going to bump it up to now. For those of us of a certain age, what is Twitch? Do you know what YouTube is? Yes. Okay, yeah, so it's basically YouTube, but you're live and you're unscripted. Um, so people can come in and watch anything from cooking, crafting, 3D printing, gaming, podcasts. Uh, they could watch... Dungeons and Dragons live. They could watch people. Poker's really big on Twitch right now. And then they also have like the news on there. Like there's broadcasts of right now. Gamescon is going on right now. Um, there's broadcasts of of the the gaming awards and Gamescon and anything. It's basically just live uh, feeds. And like what's really nice about Twitch is like uh, most people would say like, well, why would I want to watch somebody play video games? I can play video games. That's not the point. I I had asked myself that for a while. But Twitch is if you are home and you want to feel like you have a friend over, but you don't really want to have a friend over, but you like are lonely right now, you can just open Twitch and you can just have a presence in your room and you can type to them if you want. It's like an introverted friend kind of thing, which is really nice. And I I enjoy it because I most of my friends are long distance and they're Twitch streamers. So if I ever want to feel like I have them over my house, I just pull them up and then I start chatting with them in the chat room. It's a, it's a good time. It's a, it's a really, I think it's a very underrated platform, but it is a very big platform at the same time. Because not only people know about it, but it's a multi-million dollar industry. It's owned by Amazon. So, I mean, yeah, I think people need to get with it and learn what Twitch is. <laughs> I feel attacked all of a sudden. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> All right. So you say you've modeled and what have you. What's the best location you've ever done a shoot at? Vancouver is really magnificent. Um, but I've also been to Costa Rica. Costa Rica was really cool too. But I think I think it has to be it has to be Vancouver. They shoot so many videos out there, and they also film Jurassic Park in Costa Rica too. So like, and they film Tomb Raider out in Costa Rica. I don't know. It's between one of the between one of those two. Fair enough. And then, of course, the next question is, you know, of all your modeling, all the cosplay, what is your favorite photograph of yourself you have? Honestly, I just told you I've been to Costa Rica and Vancouver, but like my favorite photo right now is one of me in my living room standing in front of my fireplace looking like a stepmom, <laughs> impatient that you came home too late. Uh, it's like a Halloween set that I did. It looks really cool. I like that photo a lot. Oh, check uh, it out. Yeah. All right. So as we begin to wind down this interview, I always like to ask a fun question. And the question is this. What do you do to relax? Are there any shows or music you're into? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, what do I do to relax after 2020? I just don't look at my phone. <laughs> That's the easy. That's the easiest way. <laughs> I try to like listen to like simpler music, uh, get away from my phone, spend time with my pets, go on walks, anything. Just get away from my computer, get away from my phone, and I instantly start relaxing. Simple. Are you dogs or cats? I both. Nice. All right. So, uh, what is next for Danica Rockward? Right now, I just recovered from surgery, so I'm getting back in the swing of doing some shoots again um, and making some armor builds uh, that I don't want to announce because if I don't finish them, that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Uh, go on to Google and type in Danica Rockwood, and I'm 95% sure all those results are me. <laughs> but I uh, am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitch, and yeah, I stream three times a week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at 6 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. So I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question mm -hmm. is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? I hope <laughs> that the globe's health is going to maintain itself in the next couple of years. That's pretty much it. That's a lot to say. <laughs> All right. Danica, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Take care of yourself, okay? You too. Thank you. And just like that, Devon Nation, we come to the end of episode 80. I want to thank Danica again for being such a great sport during her recovery to speak with me. What an absolute delight, and I'm hoping... Maybe down the road, we can hear from her again. We still have so much more good stuff coming your way, and we are still pumping out two episodes a week, and we try to get a Derek and Mindy's fun with movies out there as well when we can. I am leaving in 10 days for a long-earned vacation, and I will still have episodes that will drop during my absence, and we will resume interviewing guests in October. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs, be sure to go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you will be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for being such great partners. On behalf of the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, be safe, be well, and bake your neighbor a plate of cookies. It costs nothing 
to make a kind gesture. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.